Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim. And Alan Shipnuck. We're back, taking a little break. We're happy to be here, as always. And we have a special guest in Jihei Lee, who is a former LPGA Tour player and now a you know tech CEO who's got a very exciting development that, that Christina and I have been beta testing and checking out. And if you're on social media, you've probably heard about Sportsbox AI. So Jihei, welcome. Thank you guys for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> don't Real lie. Quick, Alan, it's not sorry. that exciting. I don't, I don't want you to just brush over the fact just former LPGA Tour player, but former collegiate player, played on the LPGA Tour, decided to step away from playing, went to the Wharton Business School, and then went on to be a, one of the top execs of top golf and then moved on created Sportsbox ai like we have an absolute boss in our presence yes for sure i was thinking about this i remember the first time that i met jihei you were standing right there christina it was at papago in scottsdale no we can't, way. It yeah it was your it was your rookie year jihei it was one yeah. of your first tournaments and and ck and i were just like standing at the putting green kind of bsing and you rolled up, and I think Christina, you were like officially her big sister on tour. Like it's like this mentor <laughs> program. And so Jihei came in. There was a little little chit chat, and she walked. I was like, "Who was that?" You know, like this <laughs> very tall, glamorous figure, obviously quite bright. And I was like, and so I, I remember that vividly. And so whatever that's you're, amazing! Wow, I that's know. literally. I mean, that's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Yeah. ago. That was my rookie year. Yeah, and, that, and was, my, yeah. And that was early in the in the season. That was one of your first starts. So yeah, my, my um, second cut missed uh, in the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you found, you probably made the right choice, right? I mean, like I was interacting today on Twitter with um, Joe Ogilvie, who played the tour for a long time, and but he was always a a Wall Street guy at heart, and he got out, and and he's now doing very well in the business world. You know, Trip Keeney had that decision to make. Should he? chase chase birdies or or dollars and he, he stayed in the business world like it's it's a, you know if, if you're if you have your education and, and you're smart it's you could probably make more money doing doing other things and than, than you know playing the lpj tour so I, do you have yeah, any regrets I mean, no regrets uh, no regrets about any of the crazy things i've done with my life i certainly had lots of zigzags um lots <laughs> of like doing one extreme thing and then just shifting and pivoting and doing some other extreme thing and uh no regrets and it's it was i mean five and a half years of playing professional golf were some of the best and like the worst times of my life <laughs> as a lot of you guys know and it taught me a lot and and gave me exposure to some amazing things that i would have never never learned right and amazing people um so no regrets whatsoever I mean, I think, you know, anytime you, you don't make it, there's this element of uh, disappointment, whatever. But golf, as we've learned, and like my the fire pit colleague, Ryan French, Monday Q Info, has, has put a big spotlight on the razor thin edge between those who succeed in pro golf and those who don't. And it's it's so freaking hard to make it. So the fact yeah. that you, 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 you stuck with it for five plus years and, and you had your, your little triumphs along the way. I mean, that's awesome. That's a yeah, phenomenal and, career. And look, you know, Christina uh, made my amateur career sound a lot bigger than it was. I was literally the worst junior golfer, worst college golfer, like literally the most average and like mediocre uh, golfer throughout my junior college days. It was a miracle, like nothing short of a miracle that I even got my tour card. I have no idea how I did it. And when I <laughs> retell the story, 
No. <laughs> I think, honestly, the way that I tell it, I'm like, I think I was just really good at taking tests. And so Q school, <laughs> Q school, <laughs> it was a test, and I got through it. I would get my core card, and I would do absolutely nothing during the season. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, there's something to that. I mean, the pressure of, of, of Q school is different than anything else. So that, that you could, that, that you survived that says something right there. I mean, you know, how many, how many tens of thousands of, of young female golfers aspire to the LPGA tour and you actually made it, uh, you know, Crazy. hundreds of thousands, millions. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty dang cool. So yeah. but let, let's talk about the career after the career. So, um, you know, top golf, which you, one, well, right. <laughs> I mean, Top Golf has gone crazy. You certainly played a role in, it, in its growth. But for, for the people who are listening who haven't really heard too much about Sportsbox AI, give them the elevator pitch so we don't, they know what we're talking about here. Yeah, so Sportsbox, uh, we're a machine learning AI company, and that's a, that's a kind of a crazy thing to say for me. <laughs> but uh, basically, our technology that we built in-house allows us to take a video taken on a phone or any kind of, you know, camera device and turn it into full 3D information that got, that can be visually analyzed from multiple different angles and measured in 3D, um, you know, kinematic parameters. Um, what that means is you take a video and you can see what your shoulder and pelvis turn angles are throughout the swing. Uh, it tells you, you know, how far you have shifted side to side or up and down throughout the swing. All really important um, variables for you to really understand what's going on in your golf swing. So um, we're starting with golf as our first sport, but um, the technology obviously has applications outside of golf as well, potential applications. So um, we're kind of looking into what's beyond golf as well. And how is this different from when you, you know, you're on a track man or some other fit, you know, low key fitting, like what can you learn through, through this app that, 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 that'll help the, you know, the, the 10 handicap. Yeah, so what launch monitors like TrackMan Foresight Flight Scope do is the result. It measures where the ball went, right? And you can see, oh, um, the ball traveled, you know, 182 yards at such and such miles per hour, uh, ball speed, clubhead speed, and this was a direction, this was a spin rate. It's all results-oriented data. But if you were to take two shots and those two shots ended up in completely different places, um, one, you know, pull drew and the other one push faded, and you were to ask why, what did I do in those two swings, there's no answer to that on the launch monitor device, right? It could tell you what the club did, but what did the body do to create the result that, um, you know, that, that your club and the ball did, right? So what we're able to do is <clears throat> tell you exactly what your swing did, what the swing data shows that correlates with the shot um yeah so for the average golfer um what you're able to do is okay well this is my good swing i i, I go through a stretch of two months of amazing golf where i'm so dialed in i'm hitting you know 14 greens or 14 fairways 18 greens and i have that swing um and then next day next week you're like i'm struggling i have no idea where where my club face is i don't know where the ball's gonna go and you're like, well, what, what's, what's different about my swing today than it was last week when I was striping it? If you have sports box, we can tell you. Like, you can compare a swing A versus swing B. So. And one thing I love about it is that 
And this is something that has been sort of a recurring theme in my life is, especially with my golf swing, is figuring out, you know, you focus so much on, you know, like you, whether it's TrackMan, the, the, the flight scope, the foreskin, I mean, foresight, or, you know, the, the full swing, you know, whatever the device. That's, is. The, gra- that's the greatest Freudian slip in the history of this podcast. <laughs> it was intentional. I'm sorry. That's like the one thing in my life that is scripted. I always call it that. Um, <laughs> what, what I, what, one thing that's like so many people like, yeah, they look at all of these metrics and you can gain something of a grasp when it talks about, you know, like the, 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 you know, dynamic loft, it'll talk about spin loft. It'll talk about smash factor and it'll talk about your path. It'll talk about, you know, the, the planes, this and that, but those are still just numbers. Like, you know, it, in the last few years I've been, you know, videotape. We all videotape our swing. We're all a bunch of fucking narcissists. But that, you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's a teaching but, tool. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a tool. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I love is, you know, I've sort of morphed, and I'm sure a lot of it is because I've gotten so much fucking older. Is that you you stop focusing so much on the effect, but you in order to figure out and fix what the result is, you have to find out what the root cause is. You know, so one thing I love about Sportsbox AI is that by looking at what the metrics of what your body is doing and how that correlates to what the golf ball is doing, you're able to sort of pare down and break down whether it's too much sway in your swing, whether it's the fact that you know your your shoulder to your pelvis rotation. Um, you know, cause it goes based off of degrees and, you know, they're always like, okay, you want your shoulders at 90, you want your hips at 45. But you know, if it's something, if you get 45 out of your hips, but your shoulders are only going like 71 degrees, there's, you know, there's a, there's something going on there. And then, you know, it, it shows you in a 3d level of what the, what the swing is doing. And as a result, you know, an instructor can tell you what the cause is or why you're doing what you're doing, as opposed to saying, oh, well you came from the inside and they can give you empirical data and like, for me, it was like one of the biggest things is seeing, you know, when Sean Foley will go out and like put something up on his Instagram and be like, you know, look at these numbers. Like this is what this student was doing. Like it is just it, it for me, it's revolutionary and it's a game changer when it comes to like really figuring out what the root cause is. Well, and the thing that's important to note is like, I know I've been to the kingdom and they would they would put you in this suit where you had all these little balls attached to your your clothes and they could kind of replicate what you're talking about to some degree but what's so elegant about what you what you've created is you just take like a normal video right and it slow-mo face on limited background yeah (laughs) (laughs) but literally you you can take that anywhere to anyone at any time and you, you don't need all kinds of different tech involved and so it's really making that kind of learning tool accessible to anybody um, anywhere in the world. Like it's, you can yeah. do it with, you know, with your, your instructor can, you know, or you can do it with your phone right there. Boom. Like in the app, or you can send it. Like I have a friend, Matthew, who lives in the UK, but was living in Australia. He could basically take a video and send it to his coach, Dennis over in Australia. And they'd be able to work on his game through that, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away. Like it, it allows you to be able to be that much closer to your coach without having to physically be there while still at the same time being able to use the app like in person and getting it in real time at the, you know, at the same time. Yeah. So there are a couple things I want to unpack is one is uh, what Alan was talking about, which is, you know, you don't have to put markers and sensors on your body and you don't have to be in a lab situation, which is where 3d was before Sportsbox came along, right? Like you have to be in a studio, you have to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment built in there <laughs> permanently and that's how you capture 3d data on a sling but 
let's face it, like nobody, like literally nobody plays golf in a studio. Like that's not, and we have different swings when we're in a perfectly safe, like perfectly controlled environment versus when you have to hit a shot at a flag, you know, with the wind coming off the right and, you know, hazard on the left. Like we, we know we have a different swing for that situation versus where there's zero consequence. So being able to measure 3D on the go, um, I think is going to be really revolutionary for really understanding what's going on with the player um, in their actual game. And then the second part, you know, what Christina mentioned, um, she just sent me her swing video based on slow-mo video. Um, and I was able to analyze it on Sportsbox on my app and give her all the data. And what's neat about that is, you know, there's a lot of remote instruction tools out there, right? Um, and you're able to easily transfer video back and forth with text message, if you will, right? But we all know people um, are terrible at taking good videos. <laughs> <laughs> Really, really bad at taking good videos. And, and by good, I mean consistent, like from the consistent angle. Um, and depending on whether your camera was placed directly in front of you or 10 degrees to the right of you, you're getting completely different information. So it lies to you. So to teach remotely using inconsistent data is just like insanity to me. So being able to use objective 3D metrics um, on on this, um, whether you're together or apart, that, I think that's also going to advance the instruction game. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Because you have a lot of top instructors who have come on as consultants or investors or different roles. Like who, who's the role call of brand name swing gurus who are now you know, kind of part of your team there? Yeah, um, we've been really lucky to have an incredible group of, um, I guess, leading thinkers in the game be part of our, our um, team. Um, one, uh, I have to mention Dr. Phil Cheatham, who is the 3D guy in the game of golf. He's invented multiple different 3D motion capture systems in his career, including AMM 3D, which is what TPI has built a lot of their um, data, like their their library of swing data from, um, and uh, his day job until you know this month has been being the director of sports technology and innovation for the U.S. Olympic team, and he is quitting that job to join us full time, which Whoa. is amazing. I mean, who quits the U.S. Olympic team, right? Um, and then secondly, in the instruction world, um, Sean Foley and David Ledbetter are are two of our investors uh, who came on board middle of the year. Um, so we're really grateful for that. And then Mike Adams and Terry Rolls uh, were advisors from like those super early days from more than a year ago. Um, and what I, and, and Alan, you were talking about, you know, people wanting to pay to be part of this, you know, wanting to, wanting to be part of this so badly that they like want to invest. I, like that's something I've seen with our communities. Like we've been beta testing this and got this out to our actual customers, like actual instructors who are our customers, they're using it and they're asking if they can, um, they can be involved further. Like, can I invest? Can I, you know, what can I do more than just be a customer? So I think that's just further validation. Yeah, that's cool. So for the people listening at home, how can they enjoy this technology? Like what is the level of availability and what is the cost? And, and just take, take it through from the consumer end of things. Yeah, so right now we are um, still on an invite-only basis and we're 
kind of trying to make sure that instructors are um, initial customers that we're onboarding um, instead of um, getting this into the hands of um, the everyday golfer who may not know what to do with the 3D data. So we're limiting it to coaches first. Um, and then it, kind of early next year, so 2022, we will have a student's version that um, they're going to be able to practice with. And I was describing this earlier to Christina. Um, what's happening is, you know, there's a group of instructors who are teaching with sports box, teaching with 3D data. And what's happening is their students are getting, um, you know, really um, constructive feedback on what to work on their swing. Let's say you're supposed to turn your shoulders to 90 degrees. And then after that lesson, let's say you take lessons every two weeks, in between your lessons, um, you're wondering whether you're practicing the right things, whether you're overcorrecting something or not doing it correctly, and they're kind of getting lost. And I, I, I get into that spot too. And uh, what we will be able to unlock uh, Q2 of next year is a practice mode where somebody can just pop down their phone and start swinging and get audio feedback on whether they're hitting the right numbers or not. So. Yeah, that's really cool because I, that's, I took a lesson like six months ago and I almost quit afterwards because I hit it so great. It was like I've never struck the ball like that. I said, I, I should just walk away. I've never felt this like euphoria. And then three weeks later, I was lost again. It was like if, if you could somehow replicate that and have that person whisper in your ear and have those feels and those thoughts, like that's really crucial because, you know, the vast majority of golfers are lucky to get a lesson every what three, six, twelve months, right? I mean, we're not we're not tour players. We don't have the the access or or the means to be taking lessons constantly. So that that seems like a really important piece of this to figure out what you need to do and then have something to help guide you along the way. Because yeah, um, I mean that that's a, that's a missing piece in, in my golfing life. So I, I love that. Yeah, it's the supervised reps that you need, right? Yeah, a lot of people are getting reps on the practice range if they're motivated enough to get up to a practice range, but you're just hitting balls um, and it's unsupervised and you you need a set of eyes to tell you whether you're doing it correctly or not to really make a difference in your game. And that's that's kind of what we want to provide. Yeah. By awesome. the way, humble brag, Alan, you were able to keep your swing for three weeks. I couldn't even keep it for four rounds straight at my last tournament. <laughs> yeah. So... I rounded up. It probably wasn't even a full three weeks, but uh, I lasted three rounds. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Alan, if you have a slow mo based on video of this swing from when you were striping it, I can mm. I can sports box it and then you can re reference it when oh, yeah, you're not yeah. editing it so well. Well, that's the elusive hunt to find that swing again. But I'll try. I'll try. Um, so I, I've seen you, uh, at some some professional events, male and female, and uh, you're obviously capturing a lot of top players' swings. And for, for those who don't really even know what you're doing and you show it to them, what, what, what have been some cool reactions you've gotten just from, from top players when they're lo looking at your phone? Oh, my gosh. Um, my, one of my favorite things of taking this out to the road is um, the first reaction people have um, to seeing – their swing, like, hey, can I can I take a video of your swing? They're like, of, of course, like, sure, go ahead, take a swing. I'm like, do you want to see it in 3D? They're like, what do you mean in 3D? And I show them. They're like, wait, you just did that on your phone? Like, literally just now, I'm like, yes, this happened. And you can see from this angle and that angle, and this is your number. And they're like, 
how did you do that? <laughs> that's one of my favorite things, and that's the common reaction across the board. I've um, John Ron's reaction was pretty great. I think we have that on on camera at some point. Um, I showed it to uh, Mike Thomas, uh, JT's dad, and uh, this was at the U.S. Open and Tory and uh, Justin was walking like a hundred yards ahead of us uh, while I was showing Mike the technology. He sees it and he's like, hey, hey Justin, you gotta come see this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we caught up to him and, and showed him the technology, but it's been, it's been pretty cool. Have you seen the Terminator movies? Like, do you worry that this, this is gonna fall into the wrong hands and this AI is gonna somehow destroy humanity? Is that, is that a concern of your company? Let's uh, let them try and beat Jack's record first. Then we can start worrying, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't thought about that. I'd like to know what but safeguards you have, you know, with the nuclear codes. Yeah, um, we, yeah we, should, we should come up with a nuclear code. Oh, all we have to do is just give them consciousness and then just put one random swing thought in their head and they'll be fucked. So we'll be fine. <laughs> but, so um, how does this... I, what, I, I will comment on that, though, is, like there's, I think, wrong ways to use AI for golf uh, coaching technology. Um, and I think we're doing it the right way. The wrong way to do it is like, you know, you go and capture a hundred different tour player slings and average out all of the different angles and numbers, like average out, you know, Bryson and JT and Tiger and Adam Scott and whoever else, like average it out and um, tell the AI to flag everything that is different from those average numbers and uh, tell the user all of the, all of the things that are wrong with their swing, basically. It's like spot the difference and a, create a random tip generator. So you could take 10 swings from five different camera angles, slightly different camera angles, and you would get like 20,000 different tips that are randomly created for you and like spat out at you. I think that's that could be like the ultimate destruction of the golf game, and we want to do it the right way. So, well, yeah. I will tell you right now that if you end up Zuckerberging this beautiful concept of yours, I will be the first person to call you and call you out on it. So, <laughs> I'll be one of your safeguards. Yeah, that's a good thing. How how has this helped or hurt your game, GA, having access to this endless information? It's definitely helped me. Um, I feel like I'm swinging it better now than I was when I was on tour. <laughs> I can attest to this because I've been, I follow her religiously and I've been watching all of her stories and all of her posts. And I, I asked her because we were talking before you came on now and I was like, you're, you can hit the ball farther now than you did when you were on tour. Can't you? And she was like, on occasion, yes. And I was like, I just heard the word yes. So yes. <laughs> um, I think what's helped is, um, like being able to refer back to when I am swinging it well. Um, I think that's my favorite feature, just being able to do the side-by-side -side of what am I doing now versus like my baseline swing of what I'm doing well. So that's always helpful. Um, but I just, I don't have enough time to practice. If I had time to practice, I feel like yeah. Q School, Q School 2022, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using that line for a long time, but I'm getting farther from Q school than closer, but I mean, you, do you think about giving it another shot? Like say in three years when you've, you've sold this company and whatever, and w would you try playing professionally again? Three time yeah. mid am and us women's amateur champion. Yeah. No. no, I, I, 
I would like to play in some competitive events. Like, um, I, I still, this is how bad of a golfer I was, is I've never even attempted to play in a USGA event until I, like the three, three years that I, I had my LPGA tour card, I attempted to qualify for the US Open. But before that, I, might, I was never even at that level of a player that dream, dreamt about legitimately playing in a USGA event. So I still have never played in a USGA event. I would love to That's play amazing. at some point in my life. Some have, point have in my you, life, so, yeah. Have you gotten your amateur status reinstated? Yeah, yeah it was amazing. So, I like asked them for my amateur status back, and like typically if you've played for a decent length of time, they're like, no, you need to wait, you know, a couple years and like, blah, blah, blah. You need to prove that you're not a professional anymore. They literally gave it to me like the next day. <laughs> they're like, we've been watching, you know? your, we've been watching Instagram stories. Yeah, you can have it back. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, good, good. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Christina mentioned the midday. I'm like, that would be awesome. You don't have to compete against the college kids. Like, it's a little more of a level playing field. Have you given a thought to that? Yeah, I, I would like to play in the Mid-Am this year. So yeah. I'll, May I'll I have ask, that do you know where it is? What the venue is this year? I don't know. I don't know. Do you? I do not oh. know. Okay. I'm, I'm holding a piece of technology that could probably solve this. <laughs> let's, let's look. You guys keep talking. Let's look up where the 2022 <laughs> Mid-Am is. Yeah, uh, and you know, my, yeah. my sneaky goal that like I'm like afraid to put out to, into the universe is uh, 23 U.S. Women's Open is Pebble Beach. And yes. so that will be like the ultimate, ultimate stretch goal of mine. I fully endorse that. <clears throat> I oh my God. That. What a great name. Fiddlesticks Country Club in Fort Myers, Florida. Do you know Fiddlesticks? Christina? No, I know Fiddlesticks. I yeah. don't believe I played it myself, but I know Fiddlesticks. Fort Myers, that could be, that could be an awesome time. Yeah. I'm generally biased against uh, Florida golf, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, too, too much PTSD, like too much trauma built into <laughs> sending. No, well, you, I mean, you now live in San Francisco. I think, I think Pebble Twenty Three is that's a great goal. Um, I still haven't played, by the way. Never played Pebble. Are you so. shatting me? Yeah, <laughs> that's I've an played, outrage. Yeah, I, I know. I right? played it once as an adult. The I played it once a couple of years ago. Phenomenal, so much fun. The only other time I played it was when. I was playing the Junior Golf Association of Northern California. Shout out, Jay Gans. And it was $25 to enter the tournament. <laughs> That's so good. You, you want to hear about a humble brag? But oh, my, I probably get run out of the golf media for admitting this. I had a tea time at Pebble like a week ago, and I wound up WDing because I had so much <sighs> going on with kids and work. And it's like, okay. The next day I had a, a spyglass tea time. I had, a, I had to WD out of that because for the same reasons. And then I had another spyglass time two days later, but I got my booster and I was feeling the crappy. So I didn't play Pebble and Spyglass twice in the, in the span of one week. It was wow. utterly outrageous. And get, I'm, I'm, get out of here, Alan. I'm filled with regret. I'm still That's waiting like for me. my... Yeah. But it's kind of also, I, it's I kind of a baller Orlando, move too. And I'm always like, ah, Disney World's right there. I can go whenever I want. I've lived there more than 15 years. I, I haven't been there in 15 <laughs> yeah. years. Well, no, I the get it. Pebble hurt because, you know, I grew up, that was my, the course I really fell in love with golf when I was a cart boy there for three summers. And that's really where I learned how to play golf, which I always say is like losing your virginity to Angelina Jolie. It's like all downhill from there. And, um, <laughs> And I probably played that course a hundred times across those summers because that was during that was in the early '90s when it was like these 
spanned two different ownership groups, but both were based in Japan. There was very little oversight. We just had the run of the course. Like, like twice a week, I had the opening shift. I'd be done by two thirty and just go go play pebble. And wow. it was now it's way more corporate and buttoned down, and there's almost no access to it like that. And it's really and, tough to get a tea time. Really, really, really tough, really especially tough. It, COVID years. It's yeah, impossible. and the, the tea sheet slammed and. My guy, my, my guy R.J. Harper, who was he was a fixture around there for 35 years, and he would take care of me. But you know, he, he sat, sadly he died a few years ago, and so um, yeah, it's hard for me to get on pebble. Like it's hard for everybody to get on pebble. So that that one hurt. Spyglass is easier, easier to sneak out there, but yeah. I was I was sad. I was I was a little mournful. In fact, I wound up on the beach walking my dog that day with with some kiddos. I was like, God, if any of the guys see me, who I, I said I couldn't play golf with, now I'm out here on the on the beach with Monty and my kids, they're gonna kill me. Like, so I was like, we gotta take a left, <laughs> not a right. Like, stay away from the cliffs. And uh, but anyway, yeah, we digressed. But um, all right, we'll save a spot for you in the 23 Women's Open. Uh, yeah, see what we could do about and that. And maybe before then, the three of us can get out and play pebble. That's actually a great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. I will. I will. I can make a few phone calls to people that know people that know people that might know someone. <laughs> I, yeah. I have no doubt, you know, somebody who will yeah. focus the best tea time of the day. So. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking like six 30 in the morning well, before I, like the first tea time goes out. <laughs> that's the best tea time. And that's, I've probably played pebble at dawn more than any other course. Like it's just, you, you leave the footprints in the dew. I mean, it, it's so pure. So yeah, all right, we'll work on that. But, um, so we should we should mention a, a mutual friend of all of ours, Stephanie Way, who's involved in, in sports box, and she's had a, she's had a kid, and she's obviously got her hands Wait, full. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yes. What year is this? It's oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. No, Steph, she, just like a few, a few weeks ago. But holy cow! Yeah, you know, so there's, big, there's big shout out to Stephanie. Yeah, there's Absolutely. there's golf Co-cogger. fans out there who remember her blog. I mean, she was way ahead of the curve as far she as she was way under par. <laughs> she was under par, yeah. You know, like sort of the new media shift in the uh, in, in the, the whole golf landscape. I mean, she was she was in the vanguard of that. So, what, did, what how has Steph helped the launch in this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, Steph has been a, a crucial member of this team. Um, I think she, I mean, she was part of Sportsbox before I got involved and she was the one that actually pulled me in. Um, and, 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 uh, she was hired as like the, the lead marketing person. Um, and the person who knows anything about golf <laughs> and, um, I think her connections into, you know, media obviously, but like all the various, uh, key stakeholders, influencers in the game, um, she kind of brought them into this and, uh, you know, got their buy-in. So when I came on board, it was, it was easy. <laughs> nice. But yeah. All right. Well, shout out Steph. So, uh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, and we were teammates at Yale. So we go way, way, way back. Right. Yeah. Way so, as in W E I way back. Yeah. But, but I love but... when you can like, get, like, I, I love that I'm doing this with you, Christina, cause you were my big sister. Um, as a rookie on the LPG tour, and now we're doing this, and, and, and it's just—it's so cool that we get to oh, do this. I've said this before, but you are honestly one of the most inspiring people that I've ever come across. The lives that you've led, because she's also—I mean, you—you you sing, you play the piano, like you do literally everything. You're an unbelievable cook, like an amazing dog mom, 
multiple <laughs> degrees at some of the best schools on the planet. Like it is just like I, I, I actually have chills right now just thinking about, you know, like I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing since I was 12. <laughs> doing it incredibly well. I, I'm not doing what I was doing because I was really bad at it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about golf is it opens lots of doors. So, um, you know, we've all made a life in golf in different ways and different skill sets. And uh, I think we're all enjoying what we do and having having a little bit of success. So that's that's cool. Right. Like um, there's there's it's such a big universe and uh, there's there's room for so many different careers. Like we we were talking offline about this, but um, today we announced that Jeff Ogilvie is joining the Fire Pit Collective and. Um, you know, he's gonna do all kinds of incredible content for us. That's a guy sort of like GA who has so many talents and, and so many different skills. And, you know, he won a U.S. Open at Wingfoot and all, all these other things, but he doesn't want to just keep it in a golf ball and chasing it for the rest of his life. He has these other passions that he wants to pursue. And so it, 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 it's, so it's not, you know, golf is just so unique like that. You, you can't, you can't cover all those different careers in the NFL, right? Like, like those guys play and they retire and that's it. And maybe a few of them become announcers, but the, the, the golf universe is, is so vast that, and, and so many different industries come from it. I just think it's awesome that, that the three of us are all pretty different in our own ways, but uh, here we are on the same podcast because uh, our golfing lives have brought us here. So it's, absolutely. It's I, I, in business school, I had the option or I guess I, I considered doing something outside of golf right I was like oh should I go and get some like real business training and, like go do consulting or whatever um, but I'm so glad that through you know through chance I, I got I, I got recruited at top golf and I got to kind of go down that road and I stayed in the game because honestly and last year during COVID there was a lot of you know reflection and soul searching and what really made me happy and it's just being in being in and around the game uh, talking about the game talking about the game with people who also love the game like that really makes me happy beyond anything else so so yeah i mean that's why we're doing this podcast right well i was so i i'm I'm here in Oceanside, California, going to be hanging out at the the Fire Pit World headquarters the next few days. I just flew down from San Jose and I was wearing abandoned dunes gator that I picked up last time I was there. And I didn't even really, I just, I have a, I have a couple of them. I, they're super comfy. So I wear them a lot, but I got so many comments in both airports, San Jose and San Diego about Bandon. And it's just like, it's such a universal language golf. And, you know, with three different strangers, we wound up doing our top five, you know, Bandon rankings and talking about this, talking about that. And, you know, they don't know who I was. I'm, I'm wearing a mask. Like they, in, it wasn't because that I'm in the golf media. It's just because I'm a golfer and they're a golfer and let's talk about golf. Right. And it was just, it's just cute. Like, uh, I, you know, maybe if you're wearing a 49ers hat, you might get a nod from another 49ers fan, but, uh, it, it doesn't bring people together the way the game of golf does. And, uh, so anyway, that was just funny. Yeah. It's like being in a very large secret society, right? Like you're <laughs> like, Oh yeah, you're a golfer. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I know who you are. I like, I, I feel you, you know? Yeah. So. The right. Only golfy. Yeah, and then it gets even more granular than that because, you know, based on how they rank their courses at Bandon, that tells me like a little bit about their sensibilities and their aesthetic and I, their value system. And so, like, it's just it was really funny. Like, there's Wait, what is your top five? Well, I I go back and forth between Bandon Dunes and Trails as my number one. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the co-equals. I would put 
I used to put Sheep Ranch third, but I'm I've packed this last trip. I fell in love with pack a little more, so I would probably go abandon then trails, then pack, then sheep, and then old Mac. Um, but depending on the day, you know, it's subject to fluctuation. <laughs> like every time you go there, you you one of the courses hits you a little differently. Like for whatever reason, maybe it's the way you're swinging at that particular day, or maybe it's the conditions or the way the lights coming through the the trees at trails or you catch the sunset at, you know, out there on the 16th green at Bandon dunes, like whatever they're like, it's, it's subject to change, but, um, I would probably, yeah. How about you? Do you what do you think? Jay? I, my first time at Bandon, I was like awestruck by old Mac. Actually. Yeah. See, that's so interesting. Old Mac and trail were like my number one and two, right? I would say yeah. trail and then old Mac and then Bandon and uh pack and then sheep ranch at the bottom yeah yeah old mac in a lot of lists is five and in a good number it's one it's so polarizing it's really mm -hmm. interesting um yeah, I, i'm this... just hitting it like like this so like being at old mac is great yeah <laughs> well, green, even if i spray it 30 yards right where yeah I'm yeah for sure like yeah trails is a lot tighter but um and yeah but that's interesting so we digress, but yeah, that, that's, that's, what's fun about these things as, as you've, have you've gotten out onto the LPGA a little bit with, with sports box, like it, and maybe it's forced you to reflect on your time a little more, like what are some of your favorite memories from, from your time on the LPGA tour? Other than having Christina as my big sister, you mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a given. Um, oh, gosh. Honestly, it's like the little moments where like, you know, not necessarily playing, but like the meals after um, the crazy stories, the funny jokes, like, I mean, Christina was central to a lot of this, like Christina, Jane Park kind of uh, time were some of my favorite times. Like, yeah, we yeah. were able to contort our faces into the most unbelievable shapes in the back of a shuttle ride going back to our hotel in Mexico. I still have I still have those photos in my phone. Like I look on them, I look at them very, very, very fondly. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, Alan, that's if cool. you want uh, pro tips on taking really ugly selfies. Jane Park. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 to be able, not ugly, no, not ugly, but to be able to find that yes. extra dimension, yeah. finding a fourth dimension to your face. Jane Park has her, the things she can do with her face are like, the, I would pay crazy. money to see, to, to be able to do some of the things she can. It's, it is, it is truly a work of art. That's awesome. I love it. Um, well. I think this is a great introduction to what's a super exciting, you know, new invention for the for the sport. So, but we, while you're here as as a golf observer, and you know, I think we should at least talk about Tiger and Charlie because that all happened today. Oh, yeah. It's Sunday of the father son, and the whole. I mean, we all know that Tiger's the needle, and but the whiplash of this year where the car accident and he was like Greta Garbo and just totally out of sight and no one knew what was going to happen. And rumors, he might get, you know, his leg almost got amputated and which he then, confirmed. Yeah. And then, you know, the stirrings that, Oh, Tiger's gonna have a press conference. That was a big deal. Wait, what? He's going to play and, you know, trying to temper expectations and then seeing him with Charlie and 
their vibe and watching that kid like make birdie from all over the place. And it was, it's been it's been a journey as it always is with Tiger. But for you guys, what, what was your takeaway from the, the, this last few days at the father son? Christina, you can start. Um, I so I I I was not glued to my TV, but I was making sure I was checking in on all of the updates and doing all of the highlights and everything. And one of my favorite parts of this week. One was when Henrik Stenson and Carl, his son, did their little presser together. And it, 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 it really is. It's unbelievable. Like the legitimate mini-me's that all of these kids are of their fathers is, is astounding. Obviously, with Charlie and Tiger, it's the, the, the thing that they put up on social media of Tiger watching, like the, the comparisons of, of Charlie's mannerisms and how he's like, yeah, the thing that gets me is like the way we both sniffle our nose because we both have allergies. Like, it's so, so cute. Um, but just seeing all of the little mini-me's and then, uh, what was it, maybe Dillian Deethier? I'm really bad with last names. Yeah. He had, to, ch- he had, to chair. To chair. Oh, pardonnez moi. Sorry. He had tweeted how... Um, like Carl and Poulter's sons, or excuse me, Carl Stenson and, and Ian's son, they were like surrounding the 18th green watching, like so excited to see if Charlie was going to be able to, to come out with the wind. Oh, and Tiger was there too, kind of a thing. Like, you know, <laughs> just seeing all of these little kids and, and really seeing like the next generation of these greats was, was just, it was unbelievable. But God damn it, if Charlie does not have an unbelievable swing unbelievable swing and then the well, fact that tiger like you know he's like the speed's not there and it was like bitch you hit it 320 and no it doesn't go very far in orlando like it really i can attest to this the ball doesn't fly nearly as far in orlando as as you know whether it's the desert or or in some other parts of the country like it is it's it was just the whole week was just fucking awesome and obviously nelly with her um you know her her fangirl moment when she was able to get her photo with tiger as well as her brother seb like it was just everything like it was just there was something so new and refreshing and and simultaneously nostalgic just seeing the tiger mania like even if it was just a glimpse and and if this is as far as his quote-unquote comeback is that is more than enough for me i mean this you know I mean, I'm glad that his, his his he goes by Tiger and not like Dingo because cats do have nine lives, and he is you know I mean he's on like nine thousand right now. It's it's unbelievable. I mean the constant reinvention and yeah, the the proud dad is really it, it's really sweet. I mean that's my ti- favorite watching yeah. Tiger's face as Charlie does something and knowing that like. Not just the amazing shot, but Charlie's reaction afterwards and, like, the swagger and Tiger looking at him being like, that's my son. <laughs> like, that's, that's my son. Like, what are we going to do about it, right? That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, who would have ever thought that the father-son is going to be the fifth major? But clearly for the next two or three or four years, it's going to be one of the must-see events. And, you know... It's everyone was so excited. Tiger was pretty honest. He said, "I'm nowhere near being able to compete on the tour, even though mm-hmm. people were, you know, Kucher who played with him saying he, he was hitting it like a tour player." But you know, Tiger knows what it takes, and of course, his standards are very high. But you know, I don't think he's he's not going to play the Masters if he doesn't feel like he can compete. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't need to be a ceremonial golfer at Augusta National. You know, um, and miss the cut and limp around. That's a hard course to walk. Like I think. We may not see Tiger as much as we want to this year, but we know he's going to be playing the father-son next year. Like, you can already mark it in your calendar for middle of December 22. Like, this is a sure thing. And 
you know, barring the unforeseen with him, but um, it's just amazing how this tournament has energized him and energized the golf world because yeah. no one really paid attention to the father son until in the last, you know, Charlie yeah. last year, before that it was just kind of a, you know, silly season event that was very low wattage. And now it's, it's mandatory viewing. And that just, it's a yeah. testament to tiger and obviously Charlie as well, but like if the scale, the number golf, golf business podcast, I would want to go and interview the PNC head of sponsorship. Be like, did you ever think <laughs> that you could have ROI on oh, your investment on this? Yeah, you know that. And IMG, somebody at IMG who kind of owns and operates the event and the PNC sponsorship team. I, I want to. I don't. I want to interview those people. Yeah, it's true. It's wild. I mean, when you look at you were talking about that video of Tiger watching Charlie, like it's done, I don't know how many millions and millions of views, but I was just, probably 3 million myself. Yeah. Just the scale of anything Tiger. It's an extra zero, maybe two extra zeros to anything else in golf. It, it, I almost take it for granted because I've been watching him his whole career. I mean, I always say Tiger and I, we turned pro the same year. I came out of UCLA in, in the spring of 96 and he came out of Stanford that summer. And so I've been writing about him his entire pro career and I've been at, you know, all the great events and I've been inside the ropes and I've been close to him to the point that I'm somewhat immune to the, the tiger mania that surrounds him. But tiger is your pebble beach then. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's also kind of my white whale. Like, you know, he's, he's always been because of, he was a golf, he was on the golf digest payroll and I was sports illustrator. Like I've never been able to get that close to him professionally because of various things and wrote the swinger in 2013 and so whatever. Um, so it's always, it's, it's been one step removed, but my point is like, I'm sort of immune to the tiger hysteria, but when something like this happens and you see just the numbers, whether they're TV ratings, their retweets, their views of a video, it's like, God damn, this guy is bigger than the sun. He just, he blots out everything. It's absolutely incredible. Well, and yeah. I think that's one reason why we uh, balance each other out because pretty much, you know, you may be impervious to a lot of this tiger mania. Anytime I see anything tiger, I don't even have one and I feel it move. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know how to respond to that, but yes. Um, <laughs> we're a good balance. You know, you're, my, you're the yin to yeah. my yang yeah. <laughs> or my yeah. wang, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. This no, is and, what I missed. Like when you asked about my favorite moments on tour, like this is what I miss in my life. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was, um, we had to at least acknowledge what's going on. Cause that, that was, that was big stuff. How was he playing golf? Like, I, I don't even in understand. In a golf cart to an extent. Yeah. For at yeah. least thankfully he was yeah. in a golf cart. But yeah, the fact that he's, the fact that he is upright is and then wow. having seen the vehicle and then seeing everything that went on, the fact that he is upright and on this side of the dirt is just, is, is, is it, it, there has to be, there's something ethereal or some, something magical or some sort of, there's something like, this yeah. is something we'll never get to see in our lifetime. So, I mean, well, this is, and we I'm, keep saying that every few years. It's, it's a testament to his golfing genius to that, no matter what he does to his body, you know, running wind sprints and combat boots with a 40 pound vest and all the crazy things he's done to destroy his, his knees and his Achilles and his back and smashing up his car and, you know, the addiction, all of it. Like there's so much genius that he can still find a way 
to control the golf ball. Even with a fused spine, he had to learn how to swing again. Now he's got a busted leg. He's had to swing a different way. Like he's, his hands, his feel, his his ability to manufacture a golf swing, no matter what he does to himself, it's just the depth of that of that gift is absolutely astonishing. It really is. And clearly he, he's still great at golf. Now, whether he can take the, the pounding of walking 72 holes and the, the reps it takes to get tournaments sharp, even if he's only playing six or eight tournaments a year, like we'll see what his body will let him do. But in a vacuum, the guy is still great at golf and it's amazing to see it. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, one, when he did his press conference in the Bahamas um, and he was so vulnerable and he sounded so vulnerable about, about like the actual reality of where his body is and will be, that was shocking to me. But I feel like if he, even if he had to crawl <laughs> Augusta National, I feel like he still wants to compete. You know, and, and his upper body is big enough for him to, like, walk <laughs> on his hands because he has to complete 72 holes. Yeah, Tiger has not been doing leg day because he can't. No. He clearly hasn't missed any reps on the bench. Like, and um, that was what was funny. Like, someone's like, I can't believe that Tiger outdrove Justin Thomas. Tiger's bicep is bigger than Justin Thomas's waist. Like, why is it such a shock? I mean, he's got like 50 pounds on the guy and he's won 15 majors. Like probably he can smash a golf ball no matter what. Like that, that was kind of a funny thing. Like, sure. Maybe he can't post up on his leg the way he wants to, but there's other ways to generate speed. And um, so, yeah, I wonder if he, uh, you know, hit a driver on his knees, how far it would go. Like, what do you think is max? Probably speed would be probably two seventy. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen tour guys do that for messing around. Like they 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 can still the hand eye coordination and, and just the speed from the top. Like they they can move it still. So, I mean, big you know low rope hook that, that runs forever. Like who knows? But anyway, yeah, it was it was it added a huge jolt of electricity to the sport at the end of the year. Like, and that was his Christmas gift to everyone. <laughs> He's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, so I, I've, GA, you haven't heard as much about this as Christian has, but I, I just finished this biography of Phil Mickelson and going through Phil's career in a forensic detail. And of course, Tiger is a shadow that's always there. And um, like just looking back, so, there's things that I'd forgotten, like these highs and lows and um, the ebbs and flows of both of their careers. But it's just it's going incredible. back like from like the very beginning oh yeah no i'm like i'm like in the delivery room catching phil when he's born in this <laughs> book basically and um, um you know tiger is, is not is not it's not his book but um it's just you forget how long these i mean these guys were relevant when they were teenagers and here we are 30 years later they're, they're still relevant and and you know Phil's a PGA championship winner. And once again, he's getting overshadowed by Tiger, like poor Phil, no matter what he does, Tiger's always there to want to one up him somehow. But, um, well, it sounds know. like a must read. Oh yeah. It's, it's going it, to, it's going to be a fun book, but they're, they're both just the gifts that keep on giving, like, like they're, they're just content gods and Tiger's at a whole different level than Phil, but, um, they're always doing something. It's just unbelievable. Like, how much they've given they they really are it's like christmas every day with those two so uh anyway just riffing on what you were saying but uh well i don't know christine is it time to release our I, listeners i mean i 
we could. I do have a quick tidbit on how my last week has gone. It's been a little bit of a of a whirlwind because we haven't talked in a few days. But I yeah, last week I had um, a good friend of mine, Matthew, who had uh, we he was the kid that I was talking about. Lives in he's from the UK. He's not a kid. He's a man. Lives in the UK, but he was working in Australia for the last several years. And we um, just communicate by like WhatsApp and everything. Leave voice notes. Like we were pretty. I, I I can definitely say on my part, he was very instrumental, like during a lot of the lockdown of just having people to communicate with going through, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, emotional tolls of, of everything going on, even when I was having my good days. And even when I was definitely when I was having my bad days and just having someone that I could vent to, he was like, yeah, I'm in the UK and there's like three hours of daylight a day. He's like, I think I'm going to make a trip to Florida. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like my season starts up at the end of January. So if you can give me some, you know, just a couple of dates that you're thinking about this and that he's like i'm thinking over the weekend so (laughs) but but he's like remember like in europe like they they go you know it's nothing like for us we're just like it would be as if we're like in new york and being like oh i'm gonna go to um you know north carolina for the weekend or something like that or i'm gonna go here you know they're just like oh i'm gonna go to spain i'll go to norway i'll go you know wherever it's it's travel is very different i think for for europeans versus um you know us here in in the vast wonderful country that is the united states and i was like oh shit okay so i made a couple of phone calls and on sunday we went to he landed on saturday then on sunday we played stream song blue monday played stream song black and then i took him over to orange tree for a couple of days as well and um just it was just awesome because this was honestly it was the first time we had actually met in person so it was just super fun to be able to you know like actually put a face and like a, a real corporal being to this voice and this this person that I'd been like talking to for so long and he had gone down to Miami and he was just doing a lot of like you know what fuck it kind of things like he was like he went to Universal Studios I think tonight he's going to a Buccaneers game like (laughs) just just like on the whim kind of things and um, on Wednesday I was able to go see Mark Sweeney, the the uh, creator of Aimpoint, because we're really good friends. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you in so long. Like, can I get like just a you know just a quick brush up or whatever? So Matthew joined in on us, and it was kind of nice because Mark was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> to you? That, yeah, yeah. To, my, to the way I was using it. He's like, if you're going to use my system, can you please use it correctly? And I was like, yeah, of course. And it was like, I've been able to like cut down my green reading by like, you know, I'm 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 a fast player, but I was like even able to pare down like an, an additional like 20% off of what I was doing. And I'm like, this is so much easier. Thank God. It's so much quicker. And so yesterday I was just working on like 12 foot sliders on a 4% slope and I was just canning everything. So that was like that, that, you know, for me personally, that was a personal win for me of just being able to like, that's awesome. Play some good golf. Oh, and then the other day out of nowhere, um, Spencer Levine showed up at my golf club. He he's friends with uh, one of the, the other legend. members who's a but yeah. yes, the buddy of mine, uh, Jim Renner, and um, he had gone and played with him in the morning. And I was on the range just working on like wedge shots and things like that, like hitting into the the net that looks like a crab or the, the, the crab trap kind of looking net with the, you know, the, the mesh with the little sticks and everything. And I was just working on that. And this, this dude posts up and starts hitting balls with, um, the lag shot. It's a, it's like the orange whippy club with a club head and he was striping it. And I was watching, I was like, you're striping this thing. And he just turned around. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like, do you want, do you want to take a swing? And I was like, sure. So I hit it, laid the sod over it, you know, eventually kind of figured (laughs) it out a little bit. It's all about late, generating late speed. 
late speed, lots of lag, late speed. And then he was like, well, if you hit this club, I've got to hit one of yours. And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And so he hit a couple, and he's like, these things are awesome. And then I was like, god damn, you look really familiar. I was like, I'm Christina, by the way. And he was like, my name's Spencer. And I was like, Spencer Levine of Sacramento, <laughs> born in 1984? We graduated the same year in high school, and it was just crazy to think that we had reconnected after, like, 20 years, 20-plus years almost, um, at this random golf club in Orlando. So, And then we went out and did, like, a two-man scramble. Like, a bunch of us went and did, like, two-man scrambles, and we used a lot of not – I didn't – I wasn't paired with Spencer. I was playing against all the other twosomes, but we used four of my tee shots in the six holes, five of my approaches, and I made five of the birdies. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is, that was like the highlight of my week for myself, selfishly and personally. (laughs) That's fantastic. If you and Spencer Levine played an 18 hole match, what is the over under on the number of, you know, F bombs we would get? I'm, I'm going to say it's in the dozens for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. Are we, are we hundreds? Give hundreds? Us credit. hundreds? Give us some credit. Hundreds. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Low, yeah. low hundreds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was dozens in like the nine minutes we spent together on the range. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, that was a way under. 18 holes? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Uh, that's really funny. Yeah, Spencer. I mean, that's actually, that would be a great story. I should spend a week with Spencer Levine. Yes. And just He's hear- still in Sacramento. I'm, you know what? I'm going to do that. So that that's like what kind of exciting for me is, you know, we launched the collective in March and I've pretty much been working on this book ever since like 2022 is when I can really write for us. And so I, I need like a, a lot of great stories. And Spencer Levine is like a myth. He's, he's like Pegasus or something. He's like this Man, mythical myth and legend. He's a mythical creature. And to actually hang out with him and, and hear all his stories. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm absolutely going to do that. Wait, tell me a little bit about Spencer Levine. Cause I feel like I missed He's, uh, I mean, he's a talented guy. He's, he's played a lot. He had a lot of starts on tour. He's had some extremely low rounds. He's probably helicoptered more clubs into a lake than any tour player ever. He's just, he (laughs) runs very hot. He's very colorful. He's a little bit of a. There would always be a dart hanging on his lower lip. Yeah. Although not, I, I, he may have quit. I didn't see a single one while we were playing together. He's just kind of an old school throwback and it's got a lot of swag. He's a little bit of a bad boy. And there's, you know, he's, he's never won a tour event. It's not like he's made it big, but he's been around forever. And, forever. And people are just kind of obsessed with him because he's such an iconoclast and he's just, he's just so colorful. And I'm not even sure exactly why people are, are so obsessed with Spence Levine. They just are. He's real, you know, yeah. and it, it definitely, it, it's also, um, you know, like no shade whatsoever. Cause I love the guy, but it's like, you look at him and you're just like, Hey, should we play a game of homeless or hipster kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's definitely doesn't dress like a tour de-gaff. player. No, yeah. he gaff. He don't, he can't find a fuck to give like, you know, in, in, in terms of things you know, he's, and he's, he's, he has like, his mind is racing a mile a minute as well. And he's, he's got like, like he's, he's like i i think it's because like i feel very like you know kindred spirits in a way where it's just like sometimes you say shit like i know that i was told once that i was in a tournament uh when i won in mexico and it's like i hit a putt on i think it was like 15 and i it was breaking towards the hole and i was like break 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 and it didn't break and i went slut i don't remember having said that (laughs) but five other people in the group confirmed that to me. I still, to this day, cannot recall having said that. So I, I get a little bit of that kindred spirit of like, you know, you occasionally think before you open your mouth, but you know, you just, you're just true to your nature. And he's just, he's just, he's just awesome. 
And yeah. again, still unbelievable swing. Like, because he's yeah. like maybe 5'8. Let's say he's yeah. maybe 5'8. Just and maybe, still murders the ball. Maybe 150 pounds. Like, he's right. Yes. He's still slender. Yes. And, very, very lean, but murders yeah. the ball and just has like a very old school way of playing because it's not like, yeah. I, I don't know. But he's, yeah, he's got flair. I, I, you know, yeah. I don't know if I'd call it swag, but he's got flair. And there's just something like kind of kind of timeless about him he's got a little bit of that like sort of bad boy streak especially in in a, in a game that's as buttoned up as golf is and he always has those big ass like old school visors and you know always yeah, throwing, yeah, yeah. you know throwing darts and clubs and you know his his putter is 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 his nemesis i think that's the only thing that's you know that's really held him back and you know it's just some of the things that you say to to, to people that just like can be illuminating and it's just like son of a bitch like this guy is just he's a fucking legend all right. Well, we we went from Tiger Woods to Spencer Levine. That's kind of like this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, um, <laughs> and foreskins and F-bombs. That's what we do. <laughs> that was so well done, Christina. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, A+. <laughs> a plus. Well, G.A., thanks for enduring this. I mean... Um... This is so much fun. And <laughs> I'm going to hold both of you guys to... Going out and playing anywhere. I don't care where it is. It could be a, a muni somewhere, but I'd love to go play. Yeah, yeah. Goat Hill. With you guys. Goat Hill. Well, yes. sure. Yeah. Christina, when are you going to yes. be in California next? Soon. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next time, you... next time oh, Christina's oh, oh. in California, it's happening. We'll, we'll find yes. somewhere fun to play. It's yes. happening. Or, oh, or awesome. throw it back to Papago. We can go play Papago together. I'll do that. Oh God! I actually would love to go back and see how it is because it had been they had they had it's sort of revived bones. it right when we got yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, to the listeners, we appreciate you. you we've we've gone over the hour mark. This this is this is a good, this is a big one. So this was a big one. All right. Send us- this is our this is our you know holiday gift to people, whether it's Christmas or or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus, like some of us celebrate. Just keeps you know? giving. You just it keeps, keeps giving. giving. This is yeah. This is the Tiger Woods of of podcasts for us. <laughs> All right. You want to send us home, CK? What you want me to do? What now? You just you know release the listeners. Thank I think, you. I think it's time. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, I just uh, on on just want to say thank you guys so much. And Jihei, thank you so much for being our third guest, if I'm not mistaken, on our podcast. Yeah, that we'll try harder in 22 to get guests. The, 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 we just enjoy each other's company too much. But well, we have phenomenal content. I'm not going to lie. And I, I I'm think... only going to have people on that I want to be on. Right. To That's be fair. The I have a very I have a very discerning palate regardless of the things I actually say. I'm very, very picky about the people that I want to share this with. Yeah. So thank you, Jihei. Thank you for being a constant inspiration to me. Thank you for being a total badass. I was going to say badass woman, but you're just a badass human being. So thank you. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim. Alan Shipnook. All right. We're done. Bye. <laughs> when the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Career Builder is made for people who have... 
That thing, you know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.